With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 291, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Sam Show. As always, I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. I am really, really excited about this week's guest for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, he is one of the best cruiserweights in professional wrestling history, but I think for him, he just wants to be known as one of the best wrestlers in professional wrestling history. Yes, he has made his mark throughout his career in the Cruiserweight division, but he has also made his mark as a legendary professional wrestler. I present to you tonight none other than the Hurricane Shane Helms. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Oh, no problem. Man, so let's go all the way to your WCW stomping grounds, three count, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that uh, cause you to be really 
cemented as one of the best cruiserweights of all time. Of course, Gregory Helms when you were in WWE. But it goes even further back there. It goes to three count. It goes through your time in WCW. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people have some issues with WCW. I know it's the uh, kind of it's the cool thing to do to criticize WCW because a lot of people do it. But you have different types of thoughts. I've listened to some interviews beforehand as well and just done some some digging on just your thoughts on WCW. You have different you you have a different perspective. You didn't really have any issues with it, correct? Yeah, I didn't have uh, any bad times, but, you know, I mean, keep in mind, I'm probably a little bit more positive than 95% of people in the business. You know? <laughs> I, can be, I can be annoyingly positive, but, um, you know, I kind of just, anything that was bad, I didn't really focus on too much. Uh, I had a great time there. It opened uh, me up in terms of exposure to the world, yeah. uh, my time in WCW did, and, I mean, I just, you know, Took a took that opportunity and ran with it. And I had a lot of good times. You know, any of the uh, the bad stuff that you might hear about the guys talking about, I just didn't focus on it. You know, I wasn't in any corporate meetings or behind the doors decision making meetings, so there was no need for me to worry about anything that was going on behind the scenes. The only thing I could control was what what I did up there in, in the ring. So that's all I focused on. Yeah. And, of course, you know, that was nearly 20 years ago. But in 2001, of course, the invasion happened about 16 and a half years ago. And a lot of people came over from WCW. But I think one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people do agree with is that a lot of the heavy hitters of WCW did not go over uh, during the buyout. And, and they just kind of sat on their contract or just went elsewhere. You have, like, the Stings, uh, the Hogan's uh, for, for a while before. Uh, he eventually came over, but you had some of the, the the biggest star players of WCW that did not go immediately to the WWE, especially during the Invasion era. Goldberg uh, as another uh, big name during the Invasion era. Do you think that that was one of the biggest reasons why that that type of uh, angle who, that had so much potential end up flopping in the end? You know, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it, it didn't flop. It made money. So anything that makes money, I don't know if you call it a flop. Did it, did it could it have been a, a lot better? Without, without a doubt, it could have been a lot better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we didn't bring the varsity team. You know, if you want to talk about, I mean, we didn't bring the, the, the true power of the NWO, like, right away, like the invasion. You know, I mean, I think the first thing was Lance Storm coming in yeah. and then uh, Booker coming in. You know, and, and of course, those are two world-class talents, but they weren't the top guys in WCW at the time. It wasn't the Goldberg. It wasn't the Stings. You know, it wasn't the Hogan's right away, and that's what you needed uh, in terms of when we're going head-to-head. -head, you know, you bring your heavy hitters. You know, I always tell people it's like the Super Bowl, but then one team brings in, you know, their whole, like, starting lineup doesn't show up for whatever reason, and you got to play the second string. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot of good moments that came out of that. And it, it gave a lot of good talents, you know, a chance to uh, present themselves to the WWF audience, mm -hmm. uh, myself being one of them, because WWF audience didn't know who the hell Sugar Shane was. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it gave me an opportunity. And uh, it was what it was. I think they did the best of it that they could. But, and I, I also want to point out, too, the WWF top guys at the time, Undertaker, uh, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, all these guys, I mean, that is a roster that would not have been beaten by any other roster ever. All-stars. You know, you got to look in, yeah, I mean, 
WWE, their top guys had it going on. They could go out there, they could talk, and they could work, and they worked hard. And I mean, they were just kind of, especially at that time, they were outworking the, the top tier of WCW. Yeah. The matches were just better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and you, I mean, you had a really, really good run in, in WWE, especially as Gregory Helms, uh, and, you know, being one of the most successful cruiserweight champions, or probably the most successful cruiserweight champions of all time. Uh, it was a 10-year gap uh, between, you know, the, the cruiserweight uh, division that you were familiar with and just the re- revitalization of it after the Cruiserweight Classic and now 205 Live. Uh, I, I did hear some, some – uh, I was a part of a conference call uh, a few months back, uh, and, you know, there there was some, some talent that, that said that they were formerly, from, uh, formerly at Impact. Uh, one person in particular, he said that uh, – one of the biggest differences that he noticed within like the X division and 205 Live is that 205 Live just kind of um, they they work they do too much of really just kind of uh, just kind of pigeonholing people and there's not really a lot of uh, dynamic within the 205 Live. Uh, I know that you know we've talked off air before and, and it, we were discussing as far as just having uh, some more star power in the division, like a Finn Balor, like an AJ Styles. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, definitely that's, that's what would spice that division up. I mean, it doesn't have the star power that the main roster does, or not the main roster, but the other, you know, outside of two of our, our lives. I don't even know if the other roster <laughs> has a name in terms of that. I mean, if somebody really gets big in the 205 division, they're going to take them out. And that sends a message to the audience that this division isn't as important. Mm-hmm. And this employees have done that. Uh, they, they never seem to be able to capture the magic of how it happens in, like, say, MMA or boxing. I and mean, if you look at MMA and boxing, I mean, their biggest stars are guys that are, you know, 30, 40 pounds smaller than me. It's true. You know, in WWE has struggled with that. And I'm not talking about just using small guys, but using small guys in that cruiserweight division against another guy. They've done great things, obviously, with myself, with Ray Mysterio, uh, AJ Styles right now, Finn Balor. But imagine how great that 205 division would be if AJ and Finn Balor were in it. Mm-hmm. But it has to be presented as an important division, or else AJ and Finn Balor are not, not going to want to be a part of it. And I can almost assure you that right now they don't. Yeah. You know, um, if it's presented as second tier, you know, nobody wants to be on the B team. Nobody wants to be on the junior varsity. Everybody there wants to be you know, on the main slot and be viewed as important. So the WWE really has to present it as important. And the guys themselves have to step up. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff, guys that are doing, they just kind of, they look exactly like 40, 50 other guys I've seen on the indies. You know, there's not really any standout looks, no real standout personalities. Enzo, at least, is bringing attention. True. And that's what you need. I mean, yeah. that's what this business is about. It's about attention. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the frustration, there are two guys this year that uh, were uh, reportedly frustrated just with their role and just kind of being relegated to the 205 division, which which are Austin Aries and Neville. Uh, both of them are no longer with the WWE. Uh, of course, we know for sure Austin Aries, there's still some, some you know, things that are unconfirmed as far as Neville being completely gone. But, uh, you know, the, the general consensus the general consensus is that he is indeed gone. What are your thoughts on that just as far as just, uh, you know, I know that just being frustrated, I've, I've talked to many people in the wrestling business who were previously uh, WWE employees, and they were saying as far as just 
I'd rather be, you know, gone and happy than in the WWE and miserable. Uh, is, do you do you agree with that take? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that's kind of what I mentioned to you when we talked earlier. Yeah, I mean, you only live once. So if you're miserable, if he's indeed miserable, then leave. You know, go somewhere that makes you happy. And uh, there's no other company in the world that's going to say no to Neville right now. He's incredibly talented, always has been. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, he, if he's that miserable there, then sure, yeah, well, I mean, why not? You know, me, I was different because, you know, um, I mentioned to you before, like I had a talk with Steve Austin one time, and he was like, just mentioned how I always was a happy guy. And I was like, yeah, I never let it get to me. You know what I mean? And, and that's just how I am in life. You know, no matter what, I don't let things bring me down. I'll find the silver lining. Even if I got to work my ass off to find that silver lining, I'll find a way to get to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and and this this business, I mean, like any job, everybody listening to this, you, you, your job is going to piss you off at some point. You know, sure. I'm sure this part, I did, I did podcast years ago, and it would drive me nuts. <laughs> you know, you got to find a way to make it happy. You got to find a way to make it good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's Absolutely. what it's about. If, if you're miserable, you know, change. If you, yeah. you can't expect the change to happen for you. you got to be the, the agent of change. I agree. I, I agree with that very much. And being in the podcast business for five and a half years, I've uh, had a bunch of hurdles to <laughs> to, uh, to overcome. But uh, I, I thank God that uh, people like you. You lasted longer than I did. You uh, lasted longer <laughs> than I did. I out. How long were you in podcasting? Uh, I did. I started in 2010. I probably did it for a year and a half. Uh, I would do. I would do seasons. What I would call it. I would do probably uh, 15, 20, 15 weeks, and then I take a couple, you know, a month off or so, and then I yeah. come back and, you know, but I was doing video too, so I would have a desk in my studio at home, yeah, and we would stream it out live, and uh, really thinking outside the box and and doing stuff, you know, but like when Austin called me asking me for advice on how to do a podcast. That's when I like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not going to be competing with Steve Austin and <laughs> Jericho and shit like that. Um, but at the same time, it was just too, it was a lot more work than I thought. It ain't just getting on there talking shit, uh, talking you know, jobs. You gotta. There's a lot else that goes into it that people don't think. You know, oh. and you wake up one day, and I know you've had this. You own almost three of the episodes now. You wake up one day, maybe you just don't feel like talking that day. That's right. What? You got a deadline. That's you got exactly a deadline. Right. You got to get that thing out. Yes. And I, I had sponsors too, you know, so they don't want to hear that. I don't feel like talking that Right. Day. They want that damn show out. So. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. I, I thank you for understanding that it's just not, you know, it's, it's, it's putting together a run sheet. It's making sure that you're ad- adhering, making sure you cover every point. Because my show, I have weekly interviews uh, from, from wrestling talent. And every single week I bring someone on the show, and it, sometimes it gets tough to, to grab someone. A lot of times I'll have uh, people scheduled from weeks weeks on in someone something to happen last minute so i had to scurry and get someone else on the show there's so much going audio editing i I do my show live but at the same time there's so editing and like you said there's times that i don't feel like getting up i mean i remember i had billy gunn uh on my show my 200th episode i've had him on the show a couple times but my 200 episode i had him on uh the show and i had the flu it was i felt incredibly ill and just sick as a dog and just coughing i kept pushing the mute button and coughing just so it won't air you know online and now a lot of my stuff is through video as well but it's like 
you still got to do it, man. So I really appreciate your understanding of uh, the, 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 the work that, <laughs> that, that, that it involves. Uh, as far as just uh, your time with Impact had, Wrestling. Uh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Hey, let me tell you this. I had Stefan Bono on my show one time. Okay. And I never hit record. Oh, and, so, and this was a Skype. You know, this I was doing a Skype one. So he's down. Uh, I don't know where he was at. He was out training. Um, you know, this was right before his Anderson Silva fight because I remember that story because he didn't have a fight. Yeah. And I was like, well, here's what I'm gonna do for you. I'm gonna put out to the universe that Stephen Bonner needs a fight. And then, like, he, I think it was the very next day he got the call from Dana White. And I'm not saying it had anything to do with me, but in my mind it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if it helped him out. He got a payday, but he got his ass whooped. So nice. Oh, yeah. I, well, I least... forgot to hit record. I oh, forgot to hit record on the show. Uh-huh. And then I had to call him back and we had to do it all again. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've had I've had a few of those, man. Just uh, uh, audio just picking up me and not the other person and just had to edit it and just, oh, yeah, just so much, man. So I really, I think out of the 100 and, I think 101 or 102 guests I've had on my show so far, I think that you're the one who understands the most as far as just the, the podcast. Now, I do have – uh, I do have people who are on my show who launched podcasts after being on my show a few times. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think that uh, – I think you get it, man, more than anybody, and I really appreciate uh, uh, your rela- your relatability when it comes to that. I, 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 cannot, I cannot show you enough how, how much I appreciate that. So thank you. Uh, yeah, so as far as just your, your time, with, real quick uh, – as we close your time with impact wrestling um you you were an on-air talent uh, in front of the camera you had a backstage role as well due to some injury uh and then of course you uh you know the helms dynasty and of course out of that trevor lee uh really uh, you know is one of the premier cruiser uh well two uh x division talent uh, as far as Impact Wrestling, but uh, recently uh, you, your relationship with Impact uh, dissolved and, and, and you're no longer with the company. Uh, you know, we did talk off air and you were talking about how it was more of a Jeff Jarrett thing than an Impact Wrestling thing. Just let the listeners know a little bit more in that situation. Uh, Jeff just bought some of his buddies in and that was his whole thing. He, he bought himself in, his wife, his buddies, and that created the budget issue. Mm-hmm. But it was a budget issue that he created. And because he did that, certain guys had to be let go. My contract was up anyway. Uh, so was Al Snow. So was Pat Kinney. And um, apparently longevity uh, didn't matter to him. You know, I mean, he comes from a family that you know, they're kind of being corny kind of in any way. So he's just part of that lineage. And, um, and that's what it was. And it didn't matter that the people brought in weren't as talented nor successful as, as myself and Al and Pat were. That didn't matter. He was just going to bring in his buddies. Mm. And um, the second I got released, you know, I mean, I mean, my phone blew. Everybody in that roster was, was talking to me because I, I worked really hard. There. I went above and beyond my duties as an agent, you know, to help people out, not just with their matches, with their interests, with their character, with their promos. I would have guys come to me reading because I was a promo guy. You know, it's one of the things that got my character over was slapping my gums. Mm-hmm. So I would have guys, you know, come to me and they read me promos. Guys ask me with help on the entrance and stuff like that. And I was just going above and beyond, you know, trying my best to help out everybody. And and I caught heat because of the thing with the Hardys because they're my friends. Mm-hmm. And that was like just not professional. It was Bush League uh, mentality. 
And that was just one person that, that, that I had to deal with on that. So uh, Impact itself as a company, great relationship with them. Uh, no heat there whatsoever. I wish them all the best. I uh, hope to see. I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view coming up, you know. Yeah. Let's see what they're going to do. I'm a big fan of Eli Drake, you know, and I told them back in the day he's going to be the guy at some point to carry this company Yeah. in terms of uh, being the champion. So uh, a lot of guys there, I'm a big fan of a lot of the talent there. So uh, I got nothing but, but respect and, and love for, for the roster. Yeah, absolutely. I've had, I've had Eli Drake on my show a few years back, about two or three years ago, and uh he was just kind of um, stepping, uh, just kind of, it was in his formative years at Impact Wrestling, and uh, he was talking about his time in WWE and just his goals and impact, and now he's now he's the champ. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really good to see that uh, evolution when it comes to uh, his, his career in Impact Wrestling. Let's see what I did there. Uh, but as far as uh, as far as this, your time in Impact Wrestling and WWE, you've got so much left in the tank, um, hopefully. Uh, you've been in the business for quite some time. Uh, you, you, you've had more, you know, a backstage role in Impact, so you're uh, you're really familiar with that type of role now. But you're doing more in-ring stuff now. Just let the listeners know what the future of Hurricane Helms is, and is there any chance of going back to Impact since Jeff is gone, or WWE and an agent role? Uh, just let the listeners know uh, what you got in store. I mean, there's always a chance, you know, I'm back in the ring right now more than ever. Uh, finally got over an ACL tear that took, you know, I had a, a corrective surgery, and there's a very small chance they could hit a nerve in there that uh, damages, not damages the quad, but weakens the quad and really uh, retards the recovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they hit that nerve on, on my uh, right leg. So that, that recovery's been super slow mm-hmm. and been, like, been a longer recovery than most of them had that surgery. But uh, now I'm back in the ring more than ever, you know, so uh, not more than ever, but on a super regular basis. Um, and people can find me at ShaneHelms.com on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I post all my dates and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm having fun, too. I'm normally the oldest guy on the card now, <laughs> but you can't really tell it. You know, I still go out there and, and rock and roll. I never call it in. I go in and, uh, you know, I still work my ass off. So I love wrestling and always have, and that's not going to change. Yeah. What a pleasure, Shane. Thanks so much. Of course, at ShaneHelms.com is where you can find him and future dates as far as him going in the ring and giving it his all, man. Appreciate you being on the show tonight. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much, Shane Helms. Hurricane Shane Helms for coming on 291 episode. This is, once again, the pancakes and power slam show thank you so much for the interview as always weekly interviews we provide you top notch and we continue to give you uh, the top show and one of the best podcasts of the of the entire wrestling field yes i said ladies and gentlemen uh, <laughs> definitely not to toot our own horn but we definitely uh, it all goes out to the supporters we uh, it is all for the supporters. It all is dedicated to supporters. Uh, we thank you so much, supporters, for continuing uh, to give us uh, some really, really good numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just uh, continues five and a half years on the show, uh, and just the, the support is just absolutely overwhelming. It's all types of encouraging messages uh, throughout the week, and just uh, uh, we know we do it for you guys. We are this podcast 
uh, is the true people's champion. So that's what uh, Pancakes and Power Slam is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get started on the show. Uh, the the recap and the headlines and uh, uh, the the analysis part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. We got uh, uh, the co-host and we got uh, our guest co-host as well. So we're going to have uh, a we ha- we have the triple threat, the ECW's triple threat of uh, <laughs> of the Pancakes and Power Sam show tonight. So I'm very excited about it. So let's go ahead and bring on the co-host with the most. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, from out of, under the mat radio, Evan. Tech proud. How are you tonight, sir? Going on, brother. So, all right. How you feeling? Doing fantastic as always. And uh, and I'm really excited to bring uh, him back on the show. Uh, our frequent guest co-host, uh, former writer, uh, former feature columnist at Bleacher Report. Without further ado, uh, I forgot what we named him. Oh man, he'll he'll remember. Travis, how you Double doing T. tonight? Double T, that's right. That's right. Double T. Double T. How you guys doing tonight? Doing fine. Fantastic, Double T. Awesome. Great to have you back on the show tonight. Thanks, thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. You guys ready to get ready and get rolling and talk about some wrestling? Yeah, wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get to the headlines. Real quick before we get to the headlines, let's just uh, recap TLC. Um, just uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the guest co-host tonight, uh, Travis. Uh, just your overall thoughts on TLC as a whole. All right. Well, you know, overall, I enjoyed the show, which isn't to say it was great. You know, it, it had some great moments. I thought the opening match of the actual show, Oscar versus Emma, I thought it was stellar. It was a great introduction uh, for Oscar to the main roster, and I loved how the crowd was already into and behind Asuka, and, you know, honestly, I was really impressed with Emma. I felt like I was finally watching Emma at her best. You know, the match was exciting. It was the perfect links. The only downside was that it made the Alexa Bliss-Mickey James match feel like a letdown. <laughs> you know, I, I love yeah. Bliss's character, and I love – I really like how she can convey so much emotion with just her face and her matches. Um, but the crowd, it, they weren't that into, the, into it. And I think the crowd plays a huge part in the energy of a match, especially oh, yeah. to an at-home audience. You know, I always think back to Tyler Bate and uh, Pete Dunne for the UK Championship and just how mm-hmm. rabid and excited the crowd was. And it really just added the excitement of the overall experience. And that was missing from Bliss and Mickey James. Um, Enzo Moore. Was I that in Chicago? Uh, I think so. I'd have What's to double-check on that. Yeah, I think it was a great crowd. Time. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, um, just uh, uh, Enzo Moore. I think he's the best thing in the cruiserweight division right now. He's not a great wrestler, but he's uh, infectious. He's captivating to watch. He's like a train wreck or a car crash. You can't take your eyes off of him. You know, he's that larger-in-life character that WWE loves. He makes me excited to watch 205 Live. Um, AJ and Finn Balor was as great as I thought it was going to be. And um, with Angle coming in with the Shield. You know, I understand that WWE was in a bind. He was kind of thrown together, but I thought it was a great move. Love seeing him come through the, the crowd with the Shield, with the vest. Anything else would have taken away from the Shield reunion, and uh, this was a smart, quick move, and it made for a great match. I, I just want to say on a side note, I thought it was really interesting that TLC, the entire event, there were only two title defenses, and only one of those was a Raw brand title. Yeah, and <laughs> there were no tables matches, no ladder matches, no chairs matches. Yeah, TLC match. Yeah, 
There's no stairs. There's nothing in name only. Yeah, just uh, yeah. I'll get to my analysis on it. Uh, we appreciate you, Double T, for being the uh, the very positive uh, outlook on the pay per view. Uh, I've talked to Evan <laughs> about it, and both of us uh, didn't care too much about it. What are your thoughts, Evan? Yeah, throw it to me so I can be the, the Debbie Donna. DLC <laughs> was just like uh, so much as we say DLC downloadable content. What is going on? Oscar looked great. I thought she was well. I was really happy for Emma because she's finally getting her shine. I, I, I just felt two five alive. Enzo, and as I said on the show before last week, not to praise anyone getting injured, but of course he hit his all the time in sports as we know next man up. And all we say will be a cast turn his ACL is the best thing that could happen to Enzo. Because if that wouldn't happen, Enzo wouldn't be the face of the cruiserweight division, which I enjoy Enzo. He has charisma, he has character, and that's exactly what 205 Live needs. Um, when did Gallagher become a heel? Like, that was just out the blue. Mm. Yeah. He was a face, and now he's a heel. But that's what happens when uh, WWE doesn't care much about you. They just throw you you're a heel today. You're a heel tonight. No, you're a face. But uh, it, it, the main event was just, it just was so angle. You and, and me and Featherstone laughed at this before. We know how Engel was the machine in WWE. When he went to TNA, he looked so small. And then he yeah. looks even smaller now. And this was all you saw was like his arm vein and his forearm. And I'm like, gosh, Engel got really small. Engel looked good, but the match was just the pace was off. The only thing that made sense was Engel, of course, being air cool injured and coming back. You have Strowman and Kane. Kane looked like he was lost. He didn't know what to do. You have Kane, a uh, uh, heel. He's attacking Roman, so he becomes a face and does a spot. Then Strowman becomes a face from being a heel attacking Kane. Then all of the men's team and Kane beat up on Strowman. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> Seth Rollins in the corner, corpse, and not even selling his moves. He's laying down like he's in bed, just watching everything. Glad. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what is going? And once again. WWE pay-per-view goes off after 11 p.m. So, TLC, uh, scale from 1 to 5 is about a T. We didn't get any ladders matches. We didn't get any chairs matches. We didn't get any stairs matches. And, 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 uh, and shout out to the stubborn stiff neck table. Them two tables, they just would not break for Dean Ambrose. That's the MVP of the TLC. Those tables that wouldn't break at Emma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my biggest thing was that there. I mean, again, this was totally just a one match, you know, pay per view. It was that was clear, but it's like at least you could have more gimmick matches. You know, it's like Bliss and and, and James could have been, you know, something could have been a tables match. If you're trying to make, if you're still trying to make uh, um, Mickey James, you know, a credible name the best thing to do is to have her lose in a gimmick match. If you had a tables match, it would protect her character because, Hey, you know, I went through a table, but I still, you know, I wasn't pinned. So it could have easily been a tables match. If you, you know, or it could have been, you know, you could have had a ladder match between Enzo and Kalisto, you know, and Enzo, you know, having, you know, ladder match for cruiserweights makes perfect sense. First of all. And second of all, it's like, you know, who wants to see just a regular, you know, regular exhibition match, you know, with Enzo Amore? And, it, you know, it's very clear that he's not the best in the ring. 
and he's, he's not. you know, basically his character, his character is ran by his mouth, you know, his gimmick, and a lot of times that that works. And he's definitely, I mean, I agree with you, Travis. He is definitely he he's injected life into the two hundred five division, yeah. certainly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like we know, and we're you know, we know very well that he's not a strong person inside the ring. And yeah. having him in a gimmick match makes perfect sense because it's a ladder match. It's yeah. cruiserweights, and there you go. It's TLC. It just doesn't make it any is. sense to me at all. I, I don't understand how. And then, and then you, and then it goes past. Uh, I mean, and the thing is, you could have done uh, the 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 chairs match, you know, with the uh, um, the, the cruiserweight tag team. Um, and then it goes past 11 o'clock, but Elias has three segments by himself alone. Oh, so I mean, forgot like, about that. Mm-hmm. Why was Elias laughing? Yeah, it doesn't make I don't understand. And then you, and what then how, are you, how are you trying to get Jason Jordan over and he's throwing, you know, vegetables and, and bananas, banana peels? I, there was no appeal on that Jason Jordan uh, Elias no. angle. None. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. And you're really trying to you try you really try to put him over as a single star. You're already you know struggling because he's getting booed. Uh, yeah. You know the, the banana peel segment it did cause a a little bit of cheers, but at the same time it's like at the end of the day this all led to a match between Elias and Jason Jordan. Which was a sleeper match that nobody cared oh, about. Oh, the match. They did yeah, and then oh, yeah, they the they never and a bathroom break match. Now, so, literally, literally, I went to the bathroom. I had no idea they wrestled. TLC. Yeah, they wrestled. And I think it was one of those things that I think that you know probably a few hundred other people you know was was kind of loading up the stalls at that time too because. It just it had no appeal, and if you're really trying to put Jason Jordan over as a character, that's that's the worst thing you can do. I, I understand, you know, as far as Kurt Angle is concerned. I wrote a piece about this. Kurt Angle, and we'll we'll get to that as far as the headlines is concerned of why he was chosen. Uh, you know, if I under, I, I agree with the choice. Um, I like the anticipation was a good, you know, it was a good type of alternative. If you wanted to keep that type of buzz, you know, to TLC without Cena, without Lesnar, I totally understand uh, why. I also like the fact that he came out in shield gear, because if you want to save that big, you know, the, the big singles return with the um, with the entrance music, although he came back, you know, with the entrance music uh, later in the later on the, on the match. <laughs> But, you know, if you want to save the gear, if you want to save the whole, you know, bells and whistles, I understand that. And I tweeted about that. I agree with the fact that he came out in the shield gear because it saved, you know, it, it saved them the money return, you know, for that big match, for that big mania. So I, I totally am fine with that. You know, the only issue that I have is like, you know, what, what Evan was saying is just, what happened to Kurt Angle? It's like he, he it's, it's like he's losing like a half an inch every six months or something like that. It just, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like he was kind of toe to toe. You know, I know that he's got 
some type of stance. Now, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, but he his knees are kind of buckled in a bit when he stands. I don't know if you, I don't know if y'all y'all noticed that, but uh, he doesn't stand like fully upright anymore. I don't know if yeah. it's an age thing. I, I, I know so that his whole body hurts since pulling him down. You know, he's almost angry. Yeah, 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 angry. yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't so stand he, fully upright anymore. He doesn't. He, he, like I said, I had the I had the honor of uh, interviewing him about two years ago. Matter of fact, it was the week of the riot, the the weekend of the riots that happened here in, in the city. And mm-hmm. I talked to him, and that's how he is. He doesn't stand upright. It's probably because of the neck, his neck surgery. Yeah. Yes. He, but, but, but yeah. Is it, is it is it me guys? Or did it seem like even with TLC and even with Raw and not not to you know jump? They seemed like they graded like he was handicapped, like he couldn't move okay. like angle. You're Olympic gold medalist. They oh, graded yeah. him like he's Teddy Long. So I guess the rule is, yeah, like like we always my buddies make fun of this make believe rule. Me and T, my buddy uh, TB. When you're a wrestler, when you become a referee or general manager, all of a sudden your power points go down. So, like, the slightest punch or move, you automatically get knocked out cold. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it just it didn't seem like he is a WWE Hall of Famer, you know. And the thing is, you know, you can't really, you can't really say his age. Because you know Shane McMahon's just you know he's forty eight you know well Kurt is forty eight Shane McMahon's forty seven you know what I mean so you can't really say anything you know, anything, you know I, I think it comes down to injuries you know honestly like I've got a pretty messed up back and there's some days when I I feel like I'm ten years older than I really am I agree I, I just think I it a, comes down to his injuries he's, he's just yeah, I agree up. I've had yeah. surgery on my back and I'm about to have another one soon so I I, I get it I, I totally yeah. understand. But I, I think it's one of those things where, with I think with his neck though, I think it's. I know that it was you know he he broke it what three times you know so, mm-hmm. uh, and so I understand that that it's an injury thing. But here's the thing, uh, you know his his neck, you know we we can't we can't lose sight of the fact that. Yeah, the WWE keeps marketing him as not having a match in 11 years, blah, blah, blah. But he had some pretty good matches in TNA. He had some really good matches against AJ, a fantastic match against AJ. Had a really good match against Austin Aries. He's, you know, he's had some really good matches post-neck injury. So, yeah. you know, and it's been, what, just a few years since he's been away from TNA? So, you know, he's, he's had some good matches. And he, he can he can throw down. And they're going to save it for the the, the the big stage, but it just seems as I mean, he, you know, his German suplex still looks look pretty you know, tight uh, and pretty clutch. But um, I, I don't know. It just uh, it just seems as if he definitely has uh, went down, you know, a bunch. Uh, you know, Jericho. Jericho's forty seven. So I mean, there's people around his age, but like you said, I agree. It's just I think it really boils down to to, to injury. And, you know, at the end of the day, if he knows that, you know, he's too injured to really step in, you know, that's where I'm hesitant. You know, do you step back into the ring if you know that, you know, you're injured, you're injured and you won't be able to exhibit, you know, I mean, what uh, uh, what you really could do, you know, or just really your capacity or what people 
have known you to to be for for a while. Uh, Finn Balor and AJ Styles. I was just I'm a little hesitant about that. I just it's like you know I think he I think he missed the Saturday show. Um, they were in they were in Argentina on Friday. Saturday Saturday they were in Santiago, uh, Mediterranean region, Chile. Uh, Chile, and um, I know that he, they were talking about like he had an 18-hour flight uh, to get to uh, Minneapolis, Uh, and it's like, man, you give your workhorse, you know, AJ Styles is the real MVP of of the weekend because he he flew from uh, South America to Minnesota, they said it was 18 hours, and then he went to um, what was it? Green Bay uh, on Raw, <laughs> and then he was on SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was in Milwaukee, so it's <laughs> AJ really put some put some uh, uh, some miles on you know his body this weekend just from a travel standpoint, and they flew him eighteen hours just to lose cleanly to Finn Balor, and it's just I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Build. I mean the, the match was good. You know, it definitely was a good match, but it just goes to show just us, all three of us are traditionalist wrestling fans, and it just goes to show how strong a build is to a match, you know, like just having a regular match. And that's why you can, you know, personally, that's why I can understand the reason why, you know, people like, you know, Booker T and Steve Austin, you know, they were willing, they were willing to put people over. Uh, but they were like, no. I mean, they they refused because there was no build to it. Booker T with Matt Morgan and Steve Austin with uh, Brock Lesnar, and I can agree. I can agree wholeheartedly with them, you know. And it's just I, I, without a build, it just uh, it just really, especially on Raw. You know, we'll get to Raw because essentially the demon, you know, uh, beats AJ Styles just to get you know, massacred by Kane the next night. So what did it really do to AJ Styles? All right, let's, uh, let's t- get into some headlines. So, uh, spoiler alert, um, for those who are listening live or listening archive as a spoiler alert is this is penciled in. This is not, con- this is not fully confirmed. This is not, you know, um, the definite plans, but there are, uh, some speculation that, uh, John Cena versus Jinder Mahal is the penciled-in WWE Championship match for WrestleMania 34. There's some there's some talks that uh, that John Cena may win the Royal Rumble for the third time, tying Steve Austin. We'll start with Evan this time. Um, you know, you and I are, are, are planning on being there in New Orleans, uh, and so we'll we'll be. You know, it's the fun thing. You, you and I were sitting next to each other and, and, and had to enjoy, you know, doing some work in Orlando this year. And, uh, yeah. you know, we got to witness, you know, one of the GOATs. Uh, you know, both you and I uh, have agreed that it's one of the, or if the greatest WrestleMania of all time, you know, with Goldberg, with Brock Lesnar, with Taker, so much star power. And then the next year in New Orleans, you know, Triple H uh, was just on an interview with uh, um, when he went to India, and he was saying, you know, the goal is to make WrestleMania each year better than it was the year before. Do you agree, Evan, that John Cena versus Jinder Mahal is a better 
WWE Championship match than this year, which was uh, not very good either. It was Ray, Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. It's going to be worse. Modern day yeah. Maharaja. Maharaja. Wait, you stole that. Um, and, and, and Gender's Kids, and we call them the Gender Juice. Is uh, they, They're trying so hard to push Gender Mahal, and it's like not working. And of course, going against Captain Four Kids, John Cena. And I understand the money match, but who cares? It's I mean, we care more about the hell in the cell between Bossman and Undertaker, which never happened even in WWE history. <laughs> and WrestleMania Hangman match. The Hangman match. No one cares, which they didn't even <laughs> add in the hell in the cell three this set. Yeah. It, it, yeah it, it, we, no one cares about Junior. And I know Evan Bourne, and we know him. We both interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. I'm sure he is on a personal level. In yeah. the business, and it's, and it's not <clears throat> gender's fault. This is how they book them. And as I said before, real quick, if you watch every single title match that Jinder Mahal has had, his three against Orton every pay-per-view, his one against Nakamura on SmackDown, and his one against Nakamura on the, at the pay-per-view, it ends in the same way. Jinder's kid, he gets beat up. Jinder's kids interfere. They get beat up. He does that ugly Colossus Cobra Clutch Slam playing in the match is over. It's the same storyline, the same <laughs> booking. Yep. And it's, and that's why no one cares. They're not booking him as a strong champion. So going yeah. against Captain Four Kids, it's not good because we all know he's going to win. Mm-hmm. We know Captain yeah, Four Kids is going to win. And like I so, said before, uh, I've said this plenty of times, it's just, you know, and I tweeted this today, and it just, I, I thought about this, and it just, this, perfectly explains Jinder Mahal to me. As soon as I saw him come out on SmackDown, I said, man, this guy has a... I mean, I said he looks like a million bucks, but he has the charisma or he has the character of a penny. And that's really what I believe with Jinder Mahal, because like I said before, and, and just it bears repetition, I can take every single thing about Jinder Mahal off of him and place it into someone else, and they could do the exact same thing. There's nothing unique about Jinder Mahal that if, you know, if I took Taker's gimmick away from Taker and put it on someone else, like um, like primetime Brian Lee, the fake Undertaker, it would be different. You can tell that it was different. If I took Steve Austin's character off of him and put it on someone else, couldn't tell the difference. I mean, you, you could tell a huge difference. But if I put Jinder Mahal's character, a foreigner, an anti-American, I'm better than you, we've seen this foreign crap for years and years and decades. If I took the Jinder Mahal pro-Indian, anti-American gimmick off of him and placed it on someone else, it would mirror what we're seeing with Jinder Mahal because there's no unique factor with him. And I think that's the biggest thing with him. Just the, you know, I know that he's trying, you know, he's had the, he's had the title for five months now, you know, and it's like, you know, and and it's, and it's crazy to believe that he's been champ for five months and he's had two feuds and, you know, nothing to really help him. Travis, your thoughts on just the fact that he could, you know, for one could carry the, this, this title all the way until next April. And just John Cena being the guy, the, the you know the guy who, you know, ripped on The Rock for 
doing exactly what he's doing right now. And just to come back as a, as a part-timer, win his 17th title against Jinder Mahal, who just hasn't really cut the mustard. Yeah. You know, I'm a bit speechless on this one. Um, like you said, I mean, Jinder Mahal is champion. The fact that he's had it for five months and the fact that he's reigned longer than both of Ric Flair's world title reigns yeah. in the WWE <laughs> just blows my mind, you know? Uh, I really yeah. – I want – there's a part of me that wants to like Jinder Mahal. I, 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 I want him cause, to like him because he's like a heel who, who likes being hated. He's got to cheat to win. He, he comes across as beatable, but he just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have that star power that, that other wrestlers have, that, especially if he's going to be going into WrestleMania. It's the showcase of the Immortals. It's the, you know, yeah. the biggest show of the year. It should be the big-name stars. Um, I just don't know if I can handle a few more months <laughs> with Mahal as champion. Uh, you know, and also, on the other side, I, you know, I, I, John Cena is a, a big star. You know, he can carry WrestleMania on his shoulders, but I'm opposed to him breaking... He's already tied the 16 world titles with Ric Flair. I, I'm opposed to him breaking it. Even if Ric Flair says he's okay with it, I'm not. I don't <laughs> you think know? he is. I, I so, think that's a work. I don't think he's okay with it, <laughs> honestly. I, I, I hope not. Because, I yeah, he said it the only been reason Cena okay would break the record is just to break the record. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't need yeah. the title. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd rather see uh, WrestleMania uh, something that fits in with Epic matches, yeah. Even like a, a something classic, like maybe like Cena versus Strong, Braun Strowman. You get like the classic, mm-hmm. ripped classic WWE wrestler against the big, huge monster heel. That's something I want to see it on on a big stage. I agree. I, you know, Jinder Mahal. He just, I, I wish he had it, but he's not connecting. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Cena and Strowman. I've thought about that match before. I think Cena and Strowman would be perfect for for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um. In a non-title match, really. I mean, there's yeah. there's no need to to really book Cena in a title match. I think just uh, you know, just the kind of David versus Goliath they need to, thing. They need to um, use Strowman against against Cena. Yeah, I mean, I would. But, I yeah, would have Cena put okay. Strowman over though. I mean, yeah, put, yeah, yeah. But yeah, have Strowman beat Cena clean. That's what he needs. Yes. By the way, guys, I would rather watch. And, and and we follow each other. My man, the master of the world, Sid Vicious against Hogan again, WrestleMania 8. Then I watch some ginger juice against Captain Four Kids. <laughs> Don't forget it was DQ. <laughs> yeah, that made it worse. <laughs> the, DQ, the DQ heard around the world, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> oh, yes, one gosh. of the worst WrestleMania made events of all time. Oh. Well, well, uh, well, 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 D Royce is Orton against Triple H, which was two minutes at WrestleMania 25. 25. One of the best built, one of the best <laughs> built WrestleMania matches for WWE, not since Rockin', Rockin' Austin 17 and Rock Austin 19, and a match mm-hmm. was two minutes. The mat, the build yeah. was really good. Yeah, just, the build uh, was good. The the punning, the you know when he kissed you know Stephanie and just kind of slithered away. Just he was a really really good heel at that time, but yeah, just the, the payoff was was very underwhelming. Yeah, uh, perhaps a better main event uh, is is Royal Rumble eighteen. That's penciled in to be Finn Balor Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, well, here's really, the, here's the thing. Well, at the gosh. end of the at at the end of the day, uh, WWE is just putting all of these baby faces 
in in Brock Lesnar's way to lead him to uh, you know to, to to lose to Roman Reigns, which personally I think that's a a, a great idea. I mean, yeah, Brock Lesnar at the time, yes. you know, come come WrestleMania, he'll be in the WWE for six years, and he has not lost has anyone. Long? Yeah, 2012. Oh, wow. It was the... After Mania, 2012. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when he uh, debuted. It was because it was Cena, and then, you know, Cena was yeah. expecting to come out, and then Brock Lesnar came out. So, yeah, it was... Uh, right, so, it'll be six years come WrestleMania uh, 34. And... And, and the, here's the here's the crazy part of it. He's lost to Triple H, and he's lost to John Cena. Cena. And I think that's it. I think that's I think that, he's lost to Taker. Taker. He was a controversial Taker at uh, SummerSlam. And well, he technically well, lost in the Triple Threat with uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, right, Seth I mean, Rollins yeah, cashed yeah. in. Yeah. Technically, yeah, that's true. technically. technically yeah. Yes, technically. You know, he didn't get so, pinned. So four losses in six years, and so like that goes to show, you know that it, you know WWE is clearly wanting to put someone over by, you know having the Brock Lesnar have his first clean loss against a up and comer. You know all the losses you know previously were to legends except for Seth Rollins for Rollins pin Reigns, so they still were protecting you know Lesnar. So they want him to lose against someone. Um, uh, Their, you know, Reigns and Lesnar at uh, thirty-one was great to me. I, yeah, it was I, I, think that, I think that it was. I think that it it closed a lot of mouths. I think you had a, you know, people who were very anti-Reigns, and then during that match, I would, you know, I've watched it more than once during the match and even watching it again. I was. Very, very impressed with the quality yeah. of that match, yeah. uh, and and I think that it, you know, Reigns has, you know, he's grown leaps he's and bounds. Yeah, just, just from he's a grown. cadence yeah. standpoint, just from an in-ring psychology standpoint. So I think it's going to be even better. So I think that it will deliver. His hair it got wetter. It, 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 yeah, he, yes, his hair's his got hair wetter. Wetter now. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's it's uh, black and stringy, uh, even more now. Uh, but. Yeah, so so I think it's even going to be better than it was at thirty one. So it's going to be a really good match. I think this will be at the at the at the end. It's going to deliver. It's going to be really good. Uh, so the end of the day, they're just putting you know people in the way of Brock Lesnar to set him up for range, which I'm okay with. I mean, it's just one of those things that I had a I still you know I still don't agree with him breaking the streak. I still think that that was a terrible idea, uh, especially since Reigns won you know this year. But at the same time, it's like uh, be, be, beyond the streak, beyond the streak, you know, his, you know, uh, all all his other wins make sense. If, if the goal is to, you know, make Roman Reigns the person and, you know, reportedly Roman Reigns was supposed to be the person he was supposed to do what he's doing, going to do in April three years ago. I mean, almost well two and a half years ago at 31. The goal was to make Roman Reigns beat Lesnar at 31 and it was literally a WrestleMania decision. They were talking about it in the back. They kind of pulled an audible and they said, 
Seth Rollins, you're going to cash in the the, the uh, Money in the Bank contract. So hmm. what Cause, they're cause doing? You saw how great Seth Rollins' run was too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven month run. I wasn't big. I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, I just think, I just think him as. I, I don't know. I just think. The, I just think the fact he that it was, shut, he was shut kind, his mouth and wrestle. He, he was kind of like promos. the American Jinder Mahal. I mean, like in, in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he, he, you know, Seth Rollins is but, much better in the ring than Jinder Mahal is. But he's you know, more tolerable. Jinder Mahal had the Singh brothers, and and Seth Rollins had J and J Security. You know, it was the same type of, you know, yeah. concept. You know but, what I mean? So, but. But Seth has won matches fair and square, and at least Seth, they did book him a little strong. I mean, besides the fact he used that ugly pedigree, at least you kind of felt like Seth is legit to where, like, not like Flair and a horseman. I felt like with Seth, you had J&J security, and even though Flair had the horseman telling it on, you knew Flair still was good enough to beat you fair and square if he wanted to. I felt with Seth. I don't think Rollins really had that type of appeal. I think that mm-hmm. there were kind of some matches. I mean, his match with uh, with Cena was good. The, the unification match, the match with Sting was um, okay. Yeah, that never happened. He, that know, never happened. You know, he ended, <laughs> he ended the greatest happened. wrestler of all times. Uh, you know, career. Hey, he can uh, come back. <laughs> but no, he's not going to come back, man. I, I apologize. See, thing. <laughs> I, I wish. You know. I know that is I know wishful thinking is good for the soul, man. But uh, you know, when it comes to Sting, I uh, it's it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, with with Finn Balor and, and Brock Lesnar, I think I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, I'm I just there's something about Finn Balor that's just missing to me, though. I mean, it's just he has you know, no he can't talk. He has an accent. Oh. And he weighs 150 pounds. Yeah, Wet. yeah. Wet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's the demon. That's character. the demon. Like, that, that's the, the demon. demon with all the paint is 150. Finn Balor 150. without the paint is about 137. 130. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> the raw the raw logo on top of the stage. Right. More than he does. <laughs> right. Uh, so I mean, you know, with with all the bells and whistles, with the with the character enhancement of the demon, which to me is losing stock more and more because you can't just, uh, I just can't stand that. I mean, when, when he did it in NXT, it was like a, it was a surprise type of element. Now you're marketing. Okay. Well, this match is Finn Balor and this match is the demon. Finn Balor and the demon wrestles the exact same way. So mm-hmm. what is, what is different? Like, I remember when the Great Muda was Kijimoto was oh, yeah. that he'll come in as the yeah. Great Muda, you know. Yeah, and, Muda. Yeah, and, and and he would change his whole move set. You know what I mean? Like he he it was it was different. It was a different type of character when he became the Great Muda from Kijimoto. And if you're going to do it, do it right. Change your character, change your move set, change everything about you. You know what I mean? I, there's just something. Hey, Steve, I would, like, for instance, like for instance, the, the the entrance that he does is fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to that at WrestleMania because he wasn't at Wrestle. Well, he was he was there. I saw him at WrestleMania backstage uh, in in the concession yeah, area. Yeah. Uh, but but he wasn't. He, I mean, he didn't compete. 
And so uh, the the entrance is going to be fantastic at WrestleMania. But yeah. it's like, uh, you know, with the demon character, I wouldn't get like, you know, the second time he does the arm thing, you know, he goes on top of the, you know, he does it on the top rope. If, you know, I think with the demon character, he should do it differently. He shouldn't do it on the top rope. You know, the first one should be on the ramp and maybe the second one should be like in the middle of the ring. Something mm-hmm. different just to create uh, just a different character. Like it's just not Finn Balor in paint. And that's what we've been seeing. And I think that if you keep doing that, I think that it's even going to lower his elements against Brock Lesnar, people not being interested. Travis, your thoughts? Uh, you know, I actually agree. Um, I, I do think if he's going to be the demon character, it should be a completely different character. Um, going to turn uh, a little bit a different direction here. What I don't like, I mean, I'm I'm interested in Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. I think it's a really interesting matchup. It's going to be you know two different, literally two different sized wrestlers going at each other. <laughs> yeah. um, but what really ruins it for me is knowing Lesnar's not going to lose. You know, unless plans change, WrestleMania is going to see Lesnar and Reigns. And for me, because this, I really don't have a reason to invest in the match. And I, I get, you know, a huge part of wrestling is suspension of disbelief and in being vested in the storyline so much that, you you know, you get wrapped up in the story and you have no idea what's going to happen. I just can't yep. do that here. You know, I, I think Balor deserves to be Universal Champion, um, but I don't think he's going to get off of Lesnar. He, maybe he'll get it off of Reigns. Um, the WWE right. can build up uh, Balor as a legit challenger all they want, but they've invested too much publicly into Lesnar to not have him as champion. And I think this is just a case of where knowing too much of like the backstage politics and the backstage workings mm-hmm. has damaged the show. I just yeah. can't uh, I can't get into it because I know he's going to lose. There's not a yeah. chance that yeah. they're going to take the title off Lesnar. Yep, that's what happens, man. Uh, with you and I as as journalists, it's uh, it's it makes kayfabe tougher, and and I you know kayfabe. I always say this: kayfabe is the lifeblood of professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, when kayfabe dies, wrestling dies. Um, I'm not interested in watching a catch as catch can, you know, uh, you know, freest, freestyle wrestling. I, I can watch the Olympics for that. Uh, but there's something different about you know professional wrestling uh, that uh, brings in the comic book type of character. You know, the comic book come to life, as I always say. And I think that just if you, you know, like like you were saying, just that, that suspension of disbelief, that that suspension of reality factor. Um, yeah, but you know, it, we know that Finn Balor is going to lose, and uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think the build should be interesting to see, and 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 this will make Lesnar a, a heel again, seemingly. Um, and and he's been switching back and forth this year. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was he was the the, the heel against uh, Goldberg, and then he <clears throat> became you know more of the baby face against Joe. You know, come Great Balls of Fire in in July, um, and then SummerSlam he was more of the the heel role, uh, and then more of the baby face at No Mercy. Now you know he's going to be more of a baby face. I don't even know what he's going to be against Jinder, Jinder Mahal. Um, I guess it's <laughs> I think he's going to be the baby face. Yeah, and it's like, well, and then here's the thing, though. This is what hurts, you know, Lesnar just kind of still keeping that baby face role in this particular pay per view. 
I think, you know, I saw those matches. I saw those matches at the Survivor Series, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. You have yeah. the mid-card match, uh, and we'll we'll get to this in a minute, but, you know, you have the mid-card matches. You have two heels. You have the Miz versus Baron Corbin, two of the strongest heels in the entire company. I mean, just like you have, you know, arguably the strongest heel in Raw, and the the most purest heel other than Jinder Mahal of people who don't like at least Corbin can you know can go a bit in the ring one of the purest heels on SmackDown people just don't like him you know the old school type of we just despise you and slash your tires type of heel character and you have those two people going against each other at Survivor Series it just makes absolutely no sense right. to me no sense at all. yeah um. On, on a lighter note, uh, Daniel Bryan lobbying for WWE in return. Um, Evan, just your your thoughts on uh, on Daniel Bryan still wanting to return? He he tweeted, you know, right after you know Kurt Angle uh, his match, you know, with, uh, with the Shield against the uh, against the the five guys, burgers and fries. Um, they didn't pay me <laughs> <that> either. <laughs> so, so you get. So you get a really so it's five guys you you get a you get a shout out um I'll be I'll be uh, emailing you for my check later uh, but uh, yeah so the five guys they 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 went against them and they beat them and then Daniel Bryan you know he was he, you know he tweeted and said you know there's still a chance and I think at the end of the day you know he's 36 so he still's got he you know he's young you know he's still got some time left in him as far mm-hmm. as just, you know, Wrestler is concerned, and so he clearly he wants to come going back in the ring. I mean, he retired at what? He retired what? Uh, April 34? of last year. Yeah, uh, 30, 30, yeah, thirty-five, thirty-four. Yeah, so he was. Yeah, his uh, birthday's in May, so he was thirty, thirty-four, about to turn thirty-five. So thirty-four years old retiring. Man, I mean that's terrible. <laughs> that's, uh, someone who loves wrestling that much, but Evan, is there a chance? Yeah, not WWE because he's considered a liability. So I get WWE's corporate decision, but then I get Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan contract does end, I believe, in January. So Daniel Bryan either one of two things: he's gonna hold off, State of Mania. Do we have to do actual release? Or January come, he's not going to do his contract because he yeah. wants to wrestle. And if Daniel Bryan leaves. This is the thing, you know, impacts of TNA featuring Anthem and the Owl, whatever you call them. They used to be Global Force, sound like one of them old churches, all them names. (laughs) You got whatever they are. Right. Formerly known as, formerly known as, formerly known as. Yeah, formerly known as, right. (laughs) A.K.A., A.K.A., B.K.A., B.K.A., F.K.A. So, Daniel Bryan Lee's. How does free agent since Punk? He goes to BKA, aka FKA. He goes to <laughs> RH. He goes to New Japan. Helen, that's a lot of news. Because if he goes to yeah. New Japan, you already know Daniel Bryan three matches, three match series with Okada. Daniel Bryan match with oh, Tanahashi. Wow. Daniel Bryan match with Kenny Omega. Daniel Bryan and Cody Rhodes. Wow. That wow. alone, right there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Live that 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 already right there heightens the indie circuit. Not really, you know, the indie circuit or 
non-WWE to another level. So this is a win-win. Go, mm-hmm. take a match. You already got money. Oh, Minoru Suzuki against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Suzuki. So Yikes. I say go. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. That's, five, that's five potential five-star matches right there. <laughs> oh, and, and if wow. you book it well, with and if you book it where he has three or four match programs with each, you're still talking about a good two to three to four years mm-hmm. added to his career. Yeah. Now, including mm-hmm. little spot shows like RH, little spot shows, maybe Global Force, whatever you call them, formerly yeah. Jarrett's promotion that, that Jim Cornette got kicked out of and it's so many names we can call them. We can do a whole show on that. But yeah, I, I say either he's going, he's not wrestling WWE. He's either going stay to January, leave, and don't renew his contract, and wrestle. And think about that's a lot of money because everybody do mania shows around that time. Or me, I would stay, make my mania check, make my extra money, and ask for my release. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Travis, your your thoughts on uh, your 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 main man Debra? <laughs> well, you know what I um I would love to see Daniel Bryan wrestle again. I really would. I think it'd be amazing whether it was in the WWE or not. Um, now we don't. I'm gonna look at it a different way than Evan did. You know, we don't really know the true extent of his injuries, and the way I see it is, it, you don't mess around with your head and neck injuries. I, I think no amount of desire or, or want should ever take precedence over your health. There's right. no reason why I, I think if he stays in the WWE, he can continue to play you know, some big roles in the storylines like he's done with The Miz and with Sami Zayn. Um, I personally, I don't think an in-ring turn is in his future if his neck and his head injuries are as bad as, as we're you know, being led to believe. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at his personal life, he's got other people to worry about now besides himself, and I think it would be foolish and selfish of him if he were going to put his health and his life at risk by returning to the ring. Yeah. Um, I transcribed the interview that he had with uh, Edge and Christian, and uh, he was talking about how um, with the treatment process that he's doing now for his head trauma, uh, he said that, you know, with a certain amount of more treatments, it's a lot. It's like 120 or something like that, more treatments. Uh, He can get to the point where, he doesn't even there's no signs of any head trauma or, or CTE or anything like that anymore. Um that'll take some time, you know, and you know, you know, as he continued this treatment process. So clearly he's doing all these treatments, you know, for the for the hope to get back in the ring. Um I can understand, you know, from his point, he's thirty six, he's got some steam left in the tank and you know, coming out there with that, with the whole yes thing, and just in the ring, just feeling just that 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 energy, it has to be really tough for him, you know, to to not want to do because he would always talk about like he's it's therapeutic every time he would, you know, he, he talked about in his in his retirement speech when he would dive through that second rope, you know, it would be therapeutic to him, and he would, you know, it was just a, a high that he had, a natural high. And I think that just that 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 feeling is still there. It's it's clearly still there, and it just has to be really tough for him, you know, to 
the WrestleMania weekend coming and just, just the whole build up and Royal Rumble and the surprise entrance and all of that tie, all of those elements, you know, for him has to be really, really tough. And I know that he's still, you know, he's really, you know, serious about this surgery. Uh, I mean, this, this, these treatments, uh, and, and it may get to a point where, you know, he is eligible to come back. Even if it's two or three years, you know, he'll be 38, 39 years old. He'll still have, you know, time. He'll still have, you know, at least a good, you know, four or five years to really give it his all. So he'll, I think he'll be in a position, you know, cause he's, he's making it, you know, that way to be in a position to where he could wrestle um, you know, even Nikki Bella says something about it, you know, in one of her interviews that, you know, he wants to wrestle again. So, you know, his family's first, you know, we all know that family's first, you don't want to jeopardize any, you don't want to jeopardize your health and being, you know, in a vegetative state, you know, when, you know, you're 50 something years old, just because you couldn't stop, you know, your, your diving headbutts. Um, but at the same time, if there is an opportunity medically where, you know, he's, he's good to go, you know, he'll be good to go. And I still, you know, I, I'm on the fence, you know, I think that WWE is still going to, going to be hesitant uh, to put him in the ring. And, you know, for, for a while, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do or say whatever I want to kind of show WWE that I, I, I actually prefer being released. Uh, but I think that he's kind of, he's kind of, Man is to fit or just kind of be in the WWE mode a little bit better. Um, it, you know, time will tell. Yeah, you know, we definitely pray for his, you know, his health, you know, his first, not being first for sure. But if ever he's medically cleared to, to come back and WWE says no, even if he is, you know, I still think, I think that at least one time we'll see Daniel Bryan back in the ring. It doesn't have to be WWE, but uh, we'll see him. Uh, real quick, the reason why Kurt Angle was chosen to replace Roman Reigns um, was because, reportedly, just WWE just didn't feel that there was any star power enough to, of course, uh, again, the void of John Cena and Brock Lesnar being uh, away from the, the Raw pay-per-view. You know, the, the sell, the top sell of this TLC, again, there were no gimmick matches other than the actual TLC match. Uh, so the, the the selling point was the reunion of the shield. Since that was going to be gone, uh, the replacement, you know, there was reportedly there was no one that WWE even considered other than Kurt Angle. Now, as far as Bray Wyatt's concerned, uh, there were there were other people uh, considered other than AJ Styles, um, but with with Kurt Angle, he he was the guy. And then we, we talked about just how Kurt Angle was all together, you know, through the match and just his health and things like that. Travis, what are your thoughts on just uh, Kurt Angle being the replacement? And do you think someone else, you know, could have fit those shoes to, you know, keep that type of marquee anticipation factor? You know, I've been, I was thinking about this uh, a lot today, and I really couldn't come up with uh, someone – that would fill the, the, the role that needed to be done here. I, it was a smart choice because there was so much hype and anticipation over the Shield reunion mm-hmm. that the person they put in there had to be something or someone, excuse me, bigger than the Shield reunion. 
and that makes sense for an angle, you know, not being in the WWE for 11 years, and since TNA doesn't exist in the WWE, he's not wrestled in 11 years. Um, <laughs> you know, but having him come down, I think, with the Shield vest at, and and with the Shield, it kept the excitement high, and it added an element of uh, can he, you know, can Angle still wrestle? Can he still go to toe with anyone in the ring? Um, I've been watching wrestling long enough to to see you know, different eras come and go and superstars come and go and Angle has really transitioned to this like legend status. And yeah. I think it was a good choice. I think the only thing bigger would have been if they could have magically transported like seventies era Ric Flair <laughs> into the match and came down with them. That would the only thing would have been bigger. Um the only loser in this whole situation of course was Roman at Reigns because he needs the shield to get over as a baby face. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent true. I have one name I think could have been bigger than Kurt Angle, and I'll say it. Evan, your thoughts uh, first, and then I'll, I'll say my name. Like like Travis said, <laughs> Angle ain't wrestled in 11 years, even though he wrestled about two, three years ago. Uh, it was just good to see him. It was good to see him. I think he can go toe-to-toe. And WWE just put all their eggs in one basket and put Angle out there. Um yeah, I didn't think about it until you said it. it. wasn't no gimmick matches, and it was all about the Shield reuniting. So, yeah. I mean, I'm for Angle. Angle was my top five anyway. So, mm-hmm. I think he can go. Yeah. I just think he's not – I mean, we know he's going to WrestleMania. We know that. So, yeah. I don't think he's at that conditioning level just yet um, yeah. that he should be. But he will, he will be hope. by April. I hope that it's not him and Shane at Mania. I'm just putting that on the table. Now. Him who? Putting that on the table now. Him and Shane. Uh, oh I God. hope it is not. He will. Oh, please do not be Kurt Angle versus Shane. I don't want Shane to be heel because it wouldn't make sense. But uh, I'm just putting it on the table now. I don't want to see that. Um, <laughs> I think I think it could have been one person, one person who could have been uh, a bigger type of um, type of feel. You know, and uh, you know what? I might even have, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm set on this person. Been one person, and the person uh, could have been Bill Goldberg. That would have been my. That would yeah. Be, I think that yeah. Bill Goldberg would have had. Um, I think that he's just his body. You know, his his physique is more threatening. You know, intimidating than than Kurt Angle. That you know, three on five feel was a handicap match, anyways. And Kurt Angle coming out with the shield, like Seth Rollins is not a big guy. I've I've been near Seth Rollins, and, and yeah, he's uh, not. Um, yeah, he's just you know, he's not. Roman Reigns is a big dude, but uh, yeah. Seth Rollins isn't. And uh, you know, he's Captain uh, CrossFit. You know, and and uh, you know he's on the on the smaller frame, you know. But uh, Kurt Angle still looks small, you know, next to yeah. next to Seth Rollins. <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, we need to, uh, you know, someone who is a little bit more intimidating, you know, physically. You know, we know Angle can go. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. We know that. But just that type of intimidating feel, handicap three on five. You know, from a physical appearance, you know, I think that Goldberg would have, uh, you know, would have had a different type of element, would have been more kind of high energy, you know, anticipatory. 
anticipation. But you know, I think at the end of the day, just the video segments and the, all the all the promos, the vignettes, all, all all the coverage, you know, it really it was a good it was a good alternative. It was a good replacement um, because uh, you know people were excited to see Angle back. So it all worked out. Uh, Raw and SmackDown recap. Travis, your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown? All right. Well, you know what? I thought Raw was really like a fairly decent follow-up to TLC, and it was a nice setup uh, for Survivor Series. I didn't quite wrap my brain around uh, giving Finn Balor such a huge loss after his gigantic win over AJ Styles the night before. Uh, you know, Kane didn't need the win to be considered a threat to Braun Strowman or yeah, he whomever he's going to face. You think? He, well. You know what? They maybe did. you're right. They, he, they, they've kind of destroyed Kane's character over the past couple of years. So, so maybe he did need that win. Kind of. You said kind of. <laughs> very generous. Yeah, the the whole hell no team. situation. You know, turning him into a comedy <laughs> act. Yeah. Some people kind can do it. Some can. Very generous word. They've just <laughs> desecrated his character. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, maybe he did need the win. Um, I don't know where that puts Finn Balor. Um, I think he'll recover and he'll be just fine. The highlights of Raw, I think, were Lesnar's answer to Jinder Mahal. Um, he really, well, I should say Heyman's answer. He really, really just destroyed Jinder Mahal. And yeah. um, and he did a great was, job, was as not, usual. Was, he, was that the only one who up. thought he was going to pass out? Yeah, I did, too. I did. Man, what? <laughs> He's really uh, yeah, excited. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah. Well, he's going to pass uh, out. I'm glad he didn't, though, because, you know, he, he just, he really, Paul Heyman opens his mouth and everything becomes epic and grand, and um, it was just perfect, and I thought the ending of the show, the SmackDown Invasion, was fantastic. I love the idea of the champion versus champion matches. Um, it needs to be handled the right way, so that the losing champion isn't tarnished too much or seen as like a lesser version of the winner. Um, but I love that they, they invaded it. It made me feel like Back in the WWE days, if it had been handled a little bit better. <laughs> um, I generally like SmackDown more than Raw lately, but just barely. SmackDown continues to showcase a lot of their top talent like Corbin and AJ Styles. Well, they balance out the heavy stuff with comedy like, you know, all of Natty's matches. Um, Jinder Mahal's response to Lesnar was weak, and I don't know how he's going to come out of this thing. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, uh, Evan. What is what is your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown? There, uh, sadly, I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown at all, so I have no idea what happened. I did. The only thing of SmackDown I saw was Ziggler, uh, who was he imitating uh, The Rock? Which, okay, uh, Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Monday Night Raw, best part. Hey, like you saying, Brock Lesnar is going to no. Brock is not responding. Brock's going to stand there and jump and play jumping jacks with himself. Well, I thought him and do the best promo that we've seen in years. And it just adds to the fact that how... Right. It adds to the fact of how strong and and why having a manager is such of a lost start. Yeah. And Heyman just... No one cares about Gender Juice and Brock, but Heyman makes you care. And because it's Heyman and Gender Juice is booked so poorly... Brock would be the face. Everybody would share Brock. So yeah. I thought that promo was great. Uh, I love the fact that Alicia Fox won and she's goofy and crazy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, you know, it's the ending of Raw to me was it was okay. It, it was good to see 
I was a little excited to see SmackDown against Raw again, bragging rights, whatever you call it. Uh, it was good to see, but once again, one, where was Kane? Two, where was Strowman? We know Reigns was at home. We know Bray was at home. Why didn't Sami Zayn come out with SmackDown? You know, he said something to Shane. Why is Angle all of a sudden being held around like he's an old church mother? He's a little bit gold medalist. <laughs> it's like, it, and, and granted, I, I enjoyed SmackDown beating up Raw, and I like how they did segments. I really do. I really enjoyed that. But then Booker T to say, oh, my gosh, I, I haven't seen this. Yeah, and now that's when he said, I shot the term up, Booker T. Was you not around the NWO? You, you, <laughs> you never seen this? I know you heard that other song. I was like, really, In my 26 years, man, I never seen that like I'll this. Oh, uh, shut your mouth. You, you saw you, you saw the NWO, which was a lot worse, and it was more edgy. Right, and he was there. He was at WCW. He was there. Because yeah. you got beat up. You got beat you up. You got to have a short right. memory of wrestling. Come on. Right. Yeah, you have to. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Just like Taker uh, Taker and uh, Triple H and 17 never happened. Yeah. Right, exactly. It never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still trying to wonder how this, how Taker decided to become Vince McMahon's pawn to face Shane McMahon. We're still yeah. wondering yeah, that. We'll leave it alone. Just do a whole show on wrestling's unsolved <laughs> mysteries. Right. We have tons of them. But yeah, it, it's absolutely. like, come on, Booker T. And I feel it was good, but the loss of the commentary, if it was Jim Ross, and oh, it was King, yeah. and if it was them hyping it up, mm-hmm. then I would have added more to it. And I thought the, the, the end of the road was good, but I just, I just thought the commentary just made it, made it lack. It could have been so much better. Jim Ross going crazy, even Shavani or somebody mm-hmm. is cold saying, "Oh my gosh!" It's like, yeah. Well, here's here's my thoughts. Can uh, I, I was. <laughs> Hoping I didn't have to pull it out today, but uh, I was just unimpressed um, <clears throat> all the way just with that invasion. It's like you have I, I just I can't get into I can't get into people just being okay, you know, just just you know trying to tear each other limb from limb on their regular brand, and then all of a sudden come together collectively. And, and and beat up Raw. I just uh, to to me, I think if you're going to have Raw versus SmackDown, there has to be a, a baby face side and the heel side. Just just you know, brand supremacy, people coming together who don't even care. I mean, you know, Lone Wolf Baron Corbin was in, on the front line, you know, and one of the you know standing in the front of the the, the pack, beating people up. On behalf of SmackDown, but on SmackDown every every week he talks about how he didn't care about anything or anybody. He just wants to you know make you know win titles and he's the lone wolf. But it just I, I just can't do it. Like for instance, with with the NWO, they were a cohesive unit. Like their their point was to invade WCW to make the NWO this the supreme you know company. And this is a real side side note because for for time purposes, if the NWO wanted to beat WCW and run and take over WCW and everybody joins the NWO, then what happens? The NWO kind of implode at that time. I always thought about that. Like the NWO's purpose was to like dissolve WCW, 
then what happens? The NWO start beating each other up. <clears throat> I always, I always thought about that. Like it just, at the end of the day, like if it was continued, uh, if, if the NWO uh, accomplished their mission, they would have to start beating each other up at the end of the day. But yeah, but the the goal they they worked as a unit, so um, so it, it didn't have that type of we don't like each other feel. But on Smack, I just can't get into baby faces and heels hating each other, and then all of a sudden, you know, coming together and and then on the and then and then Shane, you know, the whole thing was to make Shane's. It was just really. I mean, it was been. It's just a really weird. I mean, just this whole Survivor Series thing with. You know, Natalia and Alexa Bliss going against each other, two strong heels, two of the biggest heels on their respective brands. And then Miz and Corbin, two of the biggest heels on their respective brands in the mid card. And then you have Lesnar and, and Gender, which doesn't really mean anything. And then you have Raw and SmackDown, which are baby faces and heels together. It just, it, it's just a big ball of confusion to me. And it doesn't make much sense at all. So. I'm just to the point where this is like the, the WWE's newest version of bragging rights. You know what I mean? And it just, uh, and bragging rights didn't last very long. Uh, I just, I wish if they would have done, if they're going to do the Raw and SmackDown thing, which I'm not totally opposed to, this is what I would have done. I would have made Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn like the SmackDown team. I would make them defiant against, you know, keep their defiance against the Shane McMahon and um, and Daniel Bryan. I would say, you know, uh, Kevin Owens, you know, since I beat you, I have authority. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to your dad. And he reluctantly said that I get to pick the team because it's the Kevin Owens show. So there's your heel. There's your heel team right there for SmackDown. I have Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Um, you know, whoever, whatever other team you want to put in there as far as the heels, uh, you know. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, although that'll, that'll probably gonna be a good match, but um, still nothing, nothing. It's a nothing match. But, you know, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and three other heels that you can easily find on SmackDown, they can be the defiant team, the Kevin Owens show SmackDown, and they can have the invasion. They can have that type of heel feel to them. And while Shane McMahon and and Daniel Bryan are like, well, we don't have anything to do with this. We're tying our, you know, our hands are tied. We don't have a choice. That brings more suspense instead of just saying we're going to just compile faces and heels together and invade. And it just, I just, I'm not buying it, man. I'm just not, uh, I'm not into it. And, uh, Survivor Series is really going to be a throwaway pay-per-view for me. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to get into the flavor of the week. We got some. Uh, we're going to be reviewing and grading uh, real quick. Um, uh, Survivor Series eighty-seven to ninety. It is now time for the flavor of the Survivor Series 1987. First of all, I'll start off with the incredible, incredible theme music. 
Um, I'm a big fan yeah. of um, I'm a big fan of Survivor Series theme music. Survivor, I'm a sorry. Big fan. Yes, I was just about to go there. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Vince McMahon. Welcome everyone. <laughs> I just I love, where, I love old school. I love old school Survivor Series intros when <laughs> Vince McMahon would always say "Welcome everyone" like three or four times. Like he'll just say, <laughs> "Welcome everyone," and he'll say the city. Welcome everyone, and he'll say some, some the Thanksgiving tradition. Welcome everyone to the Survivor And it, yeah, I would, I loved it. Just love shout it, out love to it. the bricks. They used to crash into each other. You had me, Gene Oakland, doing the voiceovers for the matches. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, Lord yeah. Alfred Hayes. 1987. The 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 card was um, just a just a traditional you know a traditional Survivor Survivor Series card, um, and and it just it was Team Hogan, and it was you know the the Hogan Andre uh, type of feud you know that they that they had. There's one thing I really liked about Survivor Series um, back in the day is that it was like it continued a feud. You know, with you know, with two people, you know, and they they yeah. basically the main event was the two people bringing in you know their cohorts to to extend you know the feud that they had. So as far as Survivor Series 1987, um, one up the the card here. Uh, the main event was what Team Hogan versus uh, Team Andre, right? Team Hogan versus Team Andre. Do apologize for that connection. Yes, it was Team Hogan and Team Andre. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Team Hogan versus, and that was in uh, my my uh, home state, uh, Richfield. Oh yeah, Ohio. it was. Um, yeah, in Ohio. I don't, I don't know how long. Um, I don't know how far Richfield is from this is Dayton area, I think. Um, so it's probably about an hour or so. Hour. From a Cap City, so you had a beefcake five on five. It was five on. It's funny because the the results for for Survivor Series, it was four five on five. Well, three five on five matches and a ten on ten tag team match. Uh, so you had Beefcake defeating uh, um, the Honky Tonk Man. Um, uh, so so it was Beefcake Dugan, uh, Jake Roberts. Uh, Randy Savage and Steamboat defeating uh, Harley Race, Honky Tonk Man, Hercules, Danny Davis, and Ron Bass. Outlaw Ron Bass. Outlaw Ron Bass. Um, Moolah's cool. team defeating uh, um, uh, what was it Rockin' Robin's team? I think it was. It was Fabulous Moolah, Jumping Bomb Angels, uh, Rockin' Robin, Velvet McIntyre defeating Don Marie. Um, not the ECW's version. Uh, yeah, the Glamour know. Girls and uh, Donna uh, Cristinello, uh, the British Bulldogs winning the ten on ten team matches, and then Andre the Giant um, with his team, uh, Butch Reed, King Kong, Money, One Man Gang, Rick Rude defeating uh, Hulk Hogan, Tom Morocco, Ken Patera, Paul Ondorf, and uh, the actual last person on the on the. Uh, Team Hogan and it was Bam Bam Bigelow. I remember that. It was very interesting Whoa. that they chose Bam Bam Bigelow to be the last person on that team. Travis, what would you uh, grade that uh, that Survivor Series? Um, well, if we're talking like a A through, say an A through F, where you yes. scale. Um, 
I would give it. I would give it like a B minus, giving that it's the first uh, Survivor Series. You know, it was the biggest event since WrestleMania three. That was the uh, remember that was the tagline. Um, hadn't quite found its legs yet, but you know what? It was, it was an interesting new concept for the WWE, and uh, with only four matches on the entire card, you know, overall it, it was entertaining. It was different for its time. Um, it was, you know, like I said, it would reach its legs later on and get better. So I'd give it a B minus. Be minus. Yeah, I was about to say for me, for it to be the first Survivor Series, I give it about a B. You know, around that time I know it wasn't super flashy, but the one thing I loved about those matches is that the match people got eliminated by the most random moves: elbow drop, eye break, eye poke, <laughs> right. drop yeah. kick. I think it was a, I think it was a gut wrench suplex. Gut wrench suplex, like yeah. it added to the spontaneity because you didn't know. Who's going to get eliminated by what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 89, 88, we got Blue Blazer, Free B Fake Brunzel, Sam Houston, Oscar Warrior, defeating Honky Tonk Mayor, Ron Bass, Dangerous Danny Davis, Greg Valentine. Uh, same content, 3 5 on 5s and 10 on 10. Powers of Pain, Rockers, Bulldogs, Heart Foundation, and Young Stallions defeating Demolition, Brain Busters, Bolsheviks. Blue shows and conquistadors. Team Andre defeating uh, for the second straight year, winning. He had a uh, Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, Dino Bravo, and Harley Race. They defeated uh, Jake Roberts, Jim Dugan, Ken Patera, Scott Casey, and Tito Santana. And of course, uh, Hercules, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Hibba, Jim, and Coco Beware defeating Akeem, Big Boss Man Haku. Red Rooster and Teddy, Ted DiBiase. Uh, real quick, uh, a mm, uh, solid B for 87 for me, Travis. Yeah. What would you give 88? 88? No, I'm going to give 88 something a little bit better. I'm going to give an 88 uh, a B plus. Just for the sake, you know what? Let's make it an A minus simply because of the, oh. of the fact that this was the beginning of the end for the Mega Powers. True. You know, True. yeah, and this is yeah, I consider the Mega Power storyline to probably be one of the best long form storytelling uh, the WWE has ever done. Oh yeah. And and this was the beginning of the end for that. So just for that fact alone, I'd give it a name. Hmm, very interesting. Uh, B for me. Um, because I think uh, you know, just I like like I said, I was a big fan of just the uh, storylines of, of wrestlers kind of uh, having their own teams throwing their. Uh, perspective feud, so uh, that's what I always love about Survivor Series, and especially '89. It was uh, five, four, and fours. Dream Team defeating yeah. the Enforcers. You had Kings Court defeating the four by fours. Tough guy. You had the Hulkamaniac defeating the Million Dollar Team. You the Rude Brew defeating the Roddy's Rowdies. And then you have the Ultimate Warriors defeating the Heenan Family. Uh, yeah, A minus for me uh, or this. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the best Survivor Series, just because it was you know the gimmick names and just the the, the amazing feel of just the, the huge that were going on at the time. Uh, I was a, a big fan of this one. Evan, what would you give this one? Yeah, I give it A minus, man. It was one of the best Survivor Series. Like uh, Double T said, I didn't think about it. It was the end of the the Mega Power. Just the fact that Rude's team, sadly, listen to those names, that whole team, but one has passed away. 
That's true. And a lot yeah. of the pay-per-views back then, you play the game, again, 70% of them that caught it, 80% is all went on the glory. So, yeah. it, it, this was a great storytelling then. And you had team names. It was the captain and the team names. Right. And it was, yeah. now it's just all Team Raw, Team SmackDown. I agree with you guys. 89, I give an A minus. I mean, it's just such um, such an interesting card. You had such a great team. I mean, you had the dream team with Dusty Rhodes, and you had Tito Santana and Terry Taylor, even though he was the Red Rooster. You know, a lot of great mm-hmm. big names. Recruit, Mr. Perfect, the fabulous Rougeos. Um, I love seeing guys. One of the things I missed about Survivor Series was seeing guys together on a team that you normally didn't see together, like the Ultimate Warrior and the Rockers. Uh, yeah. I just, it was just a dynamic that you had back then that uh, we kind of lost now, but great, great show. A minus. Yeah. Uh, 90. Um, I loved 90 just because it was the first and only concept where the winners would go, the babyface winners would go against the heel winners at the end. And, uh, you know, you had the Warriors defeating the perfect team, million-dollar team defeating the dream team, visionaries defeating the Vipers, Hulkamaniacs defeating the natural disasters, and the Alliance defeating the mercenaries. And then uh, Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, and Ultimate War were the, the respective survivors of their matches. They defeated the they, – they, they showed WWE what, the, what a real three-on-five match looked like as they defeated – Hercules, Paul Roma, Rick Martel, Ted DiBiase, and Warlord in the elimination match. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a solid A for me. I think this is probably one of the best Survivor Series that I can recall, just because I love that type of elimination style match. It was interesting that uh, you know there was one time that the WWE had it in '92 where the Royal Rumble was for the title and they brought it back you know, last year. But they haven't done this yet. They haven't done the, the baby faces and the heels, you know, coming back together at the end, which I absolutely love. Real quick, uh, Evan, what would you give this one, one here? Well, I thought it was a B plus. I really like that concept. Like you said, the when they said the uh, you know the survivors had to fight at the end. I enjoyed it. Some of my favorite Survivor series is the earlier ones. Oh yeah, it's so stiff and it's so yeah. just old school. Yeah, <laughs> Travis, what do you got? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to give this one an A as well, just for so many great factors. Like you said, I love the idea of the, the heel winners facing the uh, babyface winners. You get the debut of uh, The Undertaker. You got Demolition and LOD in the same ring. It was a lot yep. of great stuff. And, and I would give it an A+, plus, but they had, did have the gobbledygooker, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to take away from that. down a notch or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I will go back uh, in time and, and, and do some more grading of Survivor Series next week. Thank you to Shane Helms, Hurricane, for being on the show tonight. Of course, follow my boy, Double T, Travis Taylor, at Ryder Taylor on Twitter. He's got some really good stuff. Uh, he writes his butt off all the time, and he's very good at it. And of course, uh, follow my boy Evan Tech Prout under Matt Radio at Tech underscore UTMR under Matt Radio 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Yes. And of course, follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter and the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Yes. On behalf of Evan Prout and Travis Taylor, this is Chris Featherstone, the Pancakes of Power Slam show, episode 291. Signing off. Everyone have a blessed week. Enjoy your week of wrestling. 
God bless. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. It's been an honor. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.